Welcome to the Eyewitness Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Jo Wilson, and this is the show for women who struggle to accept their worth, but want to embrace their gifts and share their witness for Jesus. In this week's episode, this is part two of my interview with Lisa Apollo. Lisa unexpectedly lost her husband, and she's taken us through her journey with her seven children through the grief. This week, she has shared some resources and encouragements that have helped her along the way and could help you too if you also struggle with shattering loss. Here is part two of my interview with Lisa. Mm. It is for sure too hard for us. We were not made for death or divorce or disease or devastation like this. We weren't made for it. And so when these things happen, it is, it does overwhelm. It's, you know, that old saying that God won't give you more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's not true. Yes, We can absolutely find ourselves in circumstances that are too hard for us. I remember every day for well over a year writing at the top of my journal, this is too hard. I cannot do this. Like all caps, bold, underlined. And mm. that was the reality of my heart. I'm sure people looked at me and they thought, you're so strong. But I knew what was going on inside. And I knew the f- war that was raging in, in my, you know, mentally, in my thoughts, in my emotions. I could feel the enemy. I felt like the enemy was trying to get his toe into our family mm. and just pull it apart. And So I think the only thing to do, listen, this was not Lisa who had everything put together and was doing all the right things. This was Lisa who was desperate for the Lord. And sometimes I think we can feel that nudge to meet with the Lord, to open the word, to go meet with him in prayer, or maybe to read a devotion or the Bible. And we think it's guilt. We think God is guilting us. Like you haven't met with me. You're so bad. You're so, you're staying... But it's not, it's, it's wooing us like somebody who loves us, like somebody who is holding out their hands and says, I have everything you need. Come to me. Now it makes me weep because I remember, I remember those days where I just was desperate and, um, he says, come to me. And so I think for the woman who's, who's listening to this right now and is, saying I've stayed away from God and I haven't opened the word and I am mad um, to just listen to that nudge and to, um, to open it, to give God a chance to meet you where you are. And it's not going to look all tidy and everything's not going to be wrapped up with a bow that first day, <laughs> but God will meet you where you are. He will give you hope. He will encourage you. He will remind you how much he loves you. He will remind you of his promises and his faithfulness. And that's how we do life. You know, we're not promised that life will be easy. We're promised that God will be faithful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lisa. I think that is something that is so encouraging that it's not going to be easy. We know that we're not promised that it's going to be hard and it's going to be messy. And I think, you know, a lot of women take comfort in knowing that other women are going through it too, and it's messy for them too. And it's hard for them too, but there is a way to come through it. And like you said, listening to that nudge, I've had 
many women reach out to me that don't think that they hear God's voice in their life. They're not sure if it's him. They don't, you know, they question it a lot, but I think, I think a lot of times it is not necessarily questioning him, but more questioning themselves. I, I love that you just said, just listen to that nudge. Cause it is there. It's like a soft kind of still voice. Do you feel like it was like that with you? Like he just kept yeah, kind of well, pulling I, you. And God speaks to us in his word, yeah. you know? Um, and so we can be sure that we can open up the word and we will see him speaking to us. I mean, not audibly, you know, like, you know, Moses heard or Paul heard, but he speaks to us through scripture and somehow a hundred women could read the same passage and God applies it to each of us personally, not differently, not in op opposition to each other, but God will apply it personally to us because scripture is alive. And yeah, so I would just say, open, open up scripture. You don't even need a devotional. Devotionals are awesome, but start the book of John. Just see who Jesus is. Oh yeah. What he has to say to you. What a wonderful book to start into. I read John a lot too. I also really like Matthew. For some reason, I'm like so drawn to Matthew in, you know, when reading about Jesus and how he, you know, I, I usually read the New King James Version, but I like going through a little bit different versions too to see um, how he is speaking to you. But yes, man, what a wonderful encouragement. Um, so is there anyone, so you are you know, going through this. And like you said, um, it happened years ago, but it never fully goes away. Right. You always have this part. It just time, time just kind of moves you past it. You just learn to live with it. I feel like, right. Is that how it is with you? Like, is that how it feels? It, it It's not quite as open the wound, but it's still there. And then you kind of, you, you learn to kind of manage it. But my yeah. question is, was there anybody that inspired you during that time or during your journey that you could really kind of look up to or, or help guide you? Any, anybody kind of walking alongside you? Well, a couple things come to mind. One is yes, grief does lessen and it does soften. If we will do the hard work of grief, grieving. It won't, it doesn't do it on like time is not a natural healer. Time is neutral. It's what we do in that time. And so there are definitely ways and, you know, that we process grief and we process loss and, and it's an over and over and over. It's never just a one and done thing, but it does lessen and soften. And most days I would say I'm very much, you know, in a, you know, used to this pace of life and love life. And, but yeah, we miss Dan at every milestone at every dinner that we have together. He, he will always be missed. And, you know, I didn't know any other widow, any other young widow that, that I could walk with, but I had friends that loved on me. And that's mm -hmm. such a lesson to us. Cause sometimes we think, well, I don't understand what she's walking through. I've never lost a child or I've never been through a divorce. Or, I've never had cancer. And so we don't think that we are capable of really ministering to that person, but really it's just loving that person in it. It's just loving them and showing up. That's the big thing. We don't have to have magic words. We don't, we can't fix the problem. So we can just let ourselves off the hook of having to fix the problem, but just showing up, being present, remind, you know, sending a text, having coffee and listening to their heart. There's so many ways we can love somebody in it. 
So that was huge. And then somebody who is no longer living, but was, has always been a heroin for me is Elizabeth Elliot. And her writing is just, just so good. She recently came out with a book. It was after her death. They put it together called suffering is never for nothing. Mm. And, um, she knew suffering more than just her husband, two husbands who passed away. She was two times a widow, but she had other losses in her life. And so, yeah, she, her, her writing and her just steady, steady trust has been a huge encouragement. Wow. That is so amazing that you just said Elizabeth Elliot right now, because I can't even tell you, I was just looking up her story. It's just funny. Like how it's just funny to me. Those little like coincidences, you know, bring us together and, and, and talking, but I don't want to, um, gloss over like how you said the I love so much that you had friends that loved on you because that is so important it's so encouraging to just sit with somebody and most times it it probably doesn't even matter what they say right just to like be there just to be there to listen to hug you and it's so true you're so right I don't have cancer. I don't know how I'm going to help people. I didn't, I never lost a child. Like you said, a lot of people say that a lot of people. And I think it has very, it's very well intended. I do. I think that it's, I don't walk that path. I don't know it. How can I tell them anything? But really it's just, nobody even wants you to tell them anything. They just want your love. They just want your hug. They want you to listen to them. So yes, I am so happy that you had friends like that because man, it really does make a difference. And that's why like fellowship within one another is so important too, you know, especially as women. I feel like, you know, we, get each other. There's, there's like so much pressure in the world, these unrealistic expectations that are set for us. And we don't even know who, how that happens. How does that, how does that happen? You know, we're not in competition with each other. We are here to encourage each other. And I just, I love so much that you said that. And I'm so happy that you had that because what a difficult walk, you know, but Elizabeth Elliot, just to, to share for the listeners that her husband was killed overseas by, they were missionaries and they went over to help to minister to this, to these people about Jesus. I think they were called the Aka people, Aka people. Uh-huh. Al- Alka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, I think they're called the Waodani. Is that uh, the, is their name now that they use? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely. And him and four other missionaries were speared by men who did not want to want them around. They did not accept the word. And I was actually just reading something that her husband could have drawn a pistol to get, defend himself, but he made a promise to them that they he would not do that. He would not harm any of them until they accepted Jesus. And I think, but Elizabeth Elliot though, she also lost her other husband after he had passed. But I think it's so amazing with her and it shows such grace that she returned. I think I want to say a year later to minister to those same people who murdered her husband, you know, which is just only God can give that kind of like fierce forgiveness, you know, exactly. Um, that she would go and live with the very people who had killed her and get yeah. to know them and understand what they were thinking and why. Right. 
they killed her husband and many would come to Christ yes. through her, her witness and her little girl. Absolutely. And it just, you know, it just speaks volumes to how God can work through us, you know, how we can, can be the light, just like he's working through you. You know, he really is. I mean, even just being here today and, and sharing a discussion and sharing your story, because it really isn't easy to be vulnerable, especially about something just so tragic, Lisa. And I'm just so grateful to you to be here. I wanted to ask you, was there any verse that really carried you kind of through the, or even carries you now through that grief that really speaks to you? I know you did say earlier, uh, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. That's a fantastic verse. Did that verse help you? Or was there another verse that kind of helps you through that? Yeah, there were a lot of verses that meant a lot to me, but I think one early in my grief that I probably would have never come across unless I had been doing that reading through the Bible just every day, you know, reading the next chapter and the next chapter was a verse that is found in Deuteronomy 33, 27. And it says, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Mm. And it was such a picture to me of God that while my world was shaking and had just imploded, that God was steady and eternal that he held us, that those eternal arms, those everlasting arms were carrying us and holding us when I felt like everything else had fallen apart. And I just clung to that. I started signing like my, you know, my emails with it and I would write it in thank you notes, just clung to that verse and that picture of God being our eternal refuge. Mm. Oh, that is just beautiful. I will definitely put that in the show notes too for the listeners to help them because I feel like sometimes when you're feeling overwhelmed, it's hard to, you're kind of grasping at straws and it's hard to remember, you know, what you did the day before and, and especially whenever you have such a, a hurting heart, but that is just beautiful. Thank you so much for that. So I know that you are a writer. You have, you're an executive team member for the Compel team for Proverbs 31 Ministries that you had also just published a book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your book and kind of what, what your book is about? Because you really discuss a lot of this in the book, right? I do. Yeah. Yes. So I published a book la late last year. It was called, actually it was in April of last year. It came out and it's called Life Can Be Good Again putting your world back together after it all falls apart. And it is really for that woman who finds herself navigating a life she didn't expect, a life that she doesn't want. And it can happen a lot of ways. It can happen through a diagnosis or a, a marriage that implodes or even a business that, that implodes and life looks different now or a relationship that of somebody who's living but has been cut off and causes a lot of pain or the death of somebody you love. There's a lot of ways that we can find ourselves in that place of shattering loss. And I remember wanting to know one person who was just a few steps ahead of me who could both assure me that, that I would make it through kind of was flesh and bones. You know, I knew God would be faithful. He'd said he would be faithful in the word, but I wanted to see it on flesh and bones lived out. And then also somebody who could just take my hand and say, this is the way, let's do this. And so this book does not gloss over the heart. It's called Life Can Be Good Again because I remember wanting, I, I remember worrying that I would never smile again, mm -hmm. that 
I would just make the best of life that it was now, but I would never really experience real joy, that kind of organic joy that bubbles up again. And so the promise that life can be good again, but you know, we have to walk through the hard, you've got to walk through the hard questions, the hard emotions. How do we do that? And then some practices that we can do just to kind of find our footing to, to, to begin to take little steps, you know, that will begin to help us move forward in this life that we didn't expect. Oh, that's so wonderful. See, I just, oh my goodness. I just love it so much. Um, your book, it's very encouraging. I definitely encourage our listeners to, to get it for sure. And like you said, you know, you wanted somebody to, to help take your hand and see how you are just doing this wonderful purpose of helping women by, you know, taking their hand, being somebody in the flesh. And I love that you're giving back in that way. And it just, it just warms my heart so much. Thank you for doing what you do. If you had, so, so just to kind of close up, I know we're, we're almost at time, but um, if you had one takeaway from your experiences, from even from all the way, just knowing Jesus when you really came to know him and dedicate your life as a teenager, and then your whole journey with your husband, with your family, and just this journey through this grief and just all the, the beautiful things in your life too, just your journey with God through these ups and downs, what would your takeaway be to a woman that's, that's dealing with this kind of similar struggle, similar pain? You know, something that I was impressed on me, probably not early in grief, but probably my second year of grief, I was still really struggling, still really in a place of despair. I mean, that second year, kind of the fog of grief had lifted and this rea hard reality had just settled in. And I remember one day in my minivan, just kind of saying, I don't even know if I said it out loud, but saying something like, I don't like my life. Mm. This is not what I ordered. And on the heels of that came this thought that while this was not what I had expected, that this did not surprise God and that he had allowed it and that it was not a plan B, that it was a chapter two. And because God had allowed it, it had as much abundance and goodness and joy as the chapter before. And I didn't immediately feel better. I didn't immediately say, oh, well, that just is just, you know, I'm all better now. Let me just move on. I still had a lot of, of, of missing loneliness and grief to work through, but it gave me, it shifted my perspective and it helped me lean on that truth that God does not give us plan B. You know, for so long, I thought I was living out the leftovers of the life that I wanted, that this was second best. And first best was, you know, my first plan was gone, but God does not give us second best. He does not give us the leftovers. What he allows is chapter two. It's never a plan B. And that really can shift our paradigm if we will lean on that and say, well, then by definition, God, if you've allowed it, there is goodness here. And if you've allowed it, there is joy here. And if you've allowed it, then there is abundant life here and I'm going to fight for it. Ah, oh, that's just so wonderful, Lisa. Thank you so much. I love that you say lean into God because it's, it's hard. It's hard, but 
we just kind of start to lean on him. I mean, it's just a wonderful picture of really leaning on his strength. You know, like he tells us in our weakness, he is strong. So when we feel that, that most weak, um, leaning into him and what I just love how real and how raw you are about it, how you do not sugarcoat anything. And you just say like in my second year of grief, I, I mean, I bet even just that statement is helping someone listening because it's like you said, it's not a timestamp. There's, you can't timestamp it, you know, but yes, what a wonderful takeaway. What a wonderful way to embrace what has happened and just embrace, like you said, the joy, finding that joy and that journey back to, to having hope and joy again. Thank you so much, Lisa. Is there any, any closing kind of things you might want to say? Any closing encouragements? No, but if for the one who's listening to this, just, you know, don't, don't believe the lie of your circumstances. Mm. I think our emotions and our circumstances will lie to us. And while our emotions can tell us that we're dealing with difficulty, they cannot predict our future. Only God can do that. And so to trust him with that. Yes, absolutely. Just wonderful. Thank you so, so much. I will absolutely. So for the listeners today, I will put uh, Lisa's book in the show notes, a uh, link to, to your website and everything is where we can find you. And absolutely. We'll share the Bible verses that you have so graciously shared with us today too, Lisa. So thank you for having me. Great conversation. I appreciate you making space for this. This is a hard conversation for many, but I really appreciate it. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. And I just feel so honored to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You'll find links to what we discussed in the blog post version of this episode at eyewitnesspodcast.com. Our show today is brought to you by the Wilson Shop on Etsy. Beautiful designs and encouraging words can change the world. If you're looking for positive messaging on your favorite apparel, journals, and gift items, visit thewilsonshop.com. If this episode encouraged you, please consider sending it to one friend you think would benefit from what we've discussed. You can go right into your favorite podcast app and click share. I'm so grateful for this time with you and thank you for listening.